Hi, I'm Ken. <laughs> I'm Dee. And I'm Olivia. Hey, guys. Hello! Welcome to our special Patreon presentation of Varney the Vampire, The Feast of Blood, today with someone who writes good <laughs> books instead of bad. Aw, thanks. <laughs> Listen, I've been hanging on every single word of Varney the Vampire, every single chapter that comes out. I have to make sure that it's pure silence around me so that I can hear every joke. <laughs> How much would it cost to have you rewrite the entire book? Nothing. I would do it in a heartbeat. I've been doing it. I've been doing it along with you guys. Just imagining like uh, Flora is actually a badass vampire hunter and her brothers and their friends have just been bumbling around in the woods behind their house doing nothing and thinking they're doing something. I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of the book so far, isn't it? <laughs> So we'll be reading chapter 13, round robin style, where we each read as long as we can, as it is written, until we either fuck up or crack up, at which point it passes to the next reader. And heckling from the listener is encouraged. And this is in ye old English E, so it's going to be really easy to trip over. Oh yeah, it's it's going to be a nightmare because the average sentence length is 75 words, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This will be fun. Yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> I will start us off with the offer for the hall, the visit to Sir Francis Barney, the strange resemblance, a dreadful suggestion. Good and succinct. We've got the thesis out. The opening sentence to an essay is so important. <laughs> the party made a strict search through every nook and corner of the garden, but it proved to be a fruitless one. Not the least trace of anyone could be found. There was only one circumstance which was pondered over deeply by them all, and that was that beneath the window of the room in which Flora and her mother sat while the brothers were on their visit to the vault of their ancestors, were visible marks of blood to a considerable extent. Visible marks of blood to a considerable extent, meaning there is a lot of blood? I think so. I really can't parse that last part out. <laughs> Get used to that. That's gonna be a feeling you have a lot. I appreciate the author noting that they were visible marks of blood as opposed to invisible marks of blood, which the characters would have no way of noting and therefore wouldn't make it yeah. into the narrative. I thought that Charles had Luminol the whole time. He's been walking around with a black light. Yeah. Everyone's pissed all <laughs> over this house. Oh my God. <laughs> it will be remembered that Flora had fired a pistol at the spectral appearance and that immediately upon that it had disappeared after uttering a sound which might be well construed into a cry of pain from a wound. Oh, that kind, huh? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, wait, they'll go into more de detail in the next paragraph. Oh, most certainly. That a wound then had been inflicted <laughs> upon someone, the blood beneath the window now abundantly testified. And when it was discovered, Henry and Charles made a very close examination indeed of the garden to discover what direction the wounded figure, be it man or vampire, had taken. So is there blood? I can't tell. I think I think there is abundant <laughs> testification of blood. Oh man, if only there was some way of knowing from this text that there was blood. <laughs> that would be great, wouldn't it? Just tell us, just tell us, was there blood? But the closest scrutiny did not reveal to them a single spot of blood. <laughs> Finally! Beyond the space immediately beneath the window. There the apparition seemed to have received its wound, and then, by some mysterious means, to have disappeared. And he collected his blood as he was going. He was scooping it <laughs> off the ground. Like, no, this is mine. Can't waste that. At length, wearied with the continued excitement combined with want of sleep to which they had been subjected, they returned to the hall. 
Flora, with the exception of the alarm she experienced from the firing of the pistol, had met with no disturbance, and that, in order to spare her painful reflections, they told her was merely done as a precautionary measure. Okay. To proclaim to anyone who might be lurking in the garden that the inmates of the house were ready to defend themselves against any aggression. Are they telling Flora that she imagined it? It sounds more like they're telling Flora that the house is 100% surrounded, but it's fine because they have let them know that they will fire back. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how this is supposed to make her less stressed. Don't worry, we'll just be firing randomly at any time. (laughs) Yeah, we we will be akimbo into the night, blam blam. Yes. Whether or not she believed this kind deceit, they knew not. She did not. Not the kindest deceit. (laughs) She only sighed deeply and wept. The probability is that she more than suspected the vampire had made another visit, but they forbore to press the point, and leaving her with her mother, Henry and George went from her chamber again, the former to endeavor to seek some repose, as it would be his turn to watch on the succeeding night, and the latter to resume his station in a small room close to Flora's chamber, where it had been agreed to watch and ward should they be kept by turns when the alarm Yeah, you, yep. uh, you choked. Yep, no, sorry. None of that was a sentence, <laughs> <Yeah>. what? <laughs> that was a rough that one. That was a hard yeah, one. Yeah. I was activating my ADD, like, the second you got into that sentence, I started to drift. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> who wants to pick up wherever the hell that was? Uh, D, you've got seniority? Yeah, all right, all right, I'll pick it up. I'm gonna choke, like, almost immediately, so look forward to that. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to start at the beginning of the sentence or the beginning of the subclause? Oh, I'm beginning- I'm beginning at the next sentence, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I wish that they would utilize footnotes the way, like, Terry Pratchett did. That would make this a lot more readable. It would make this bearable. Oh my god, sorry. I just checked. That was 87 words, that sentence. Oh my god. You're welcome. Is that the longest sentence so far? No. We had one into the- we had one over 100 at one point. We used to do writing exercises where you made a whole story in 100 words. Yep. I remember that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. At length, the morning again dawned upon that unhappy family, and to none were its beams more welcome. The birds sang their pleasant carols beneath the window. The sweet, deep-colored autumnal sun shone upon all objects with a golden luster, and to look abroad, upon the beaming face of nature, no one could for a moment suppose, except from sad experience, that there were such things as gloom, misery, and grime upon the earth. Oh, okay. The sun just evaporated all crime. You ever see a morning so beautiful that the criminals gotta go back inside? (laughs) (laughs) And must I- oh, sorry. (laughs) What are you saying? No, 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 no. Continue, please, with exactly that level of energy. And must I, said Henry, as he gazed from a window of the hall upon the undulating park. Oh, I don't like that. The majestic trees, the flowers, the shrubs, and the many natural beauties with which the place was full. Must I be chased from this spot, the home of myself and of my kindred, by a phantom? Must I indeed seek refuge elsewhere, because my own home has become hideous? Just standing on a balcony, shouting those words out. Absolutely. Screaming. (laughs) This is why you've got to leave, Henry. It's actually just the neighbors all, like, trying to get into his house, tell him to shut the fuck up, because he does this every day. (laughs) And he just fires on those people? (laughs) Yeah, he just shoots them. Jesus Christ! I mean, he almost shot Chillingworth in an earlier chapter, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah, he did take he did make a pot shot at him and almost strangled Holland. Yep, this is a dangerous family. 
How does anyone live with this? These people are insane. The village would be so relieved if they would just move. Fuck the Bannersworth. We're killed by vampires. Yeah, actually, this explains exactly why this family in particular would be cursed with vampirism. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like the vampire would be less of a menace to the neighborhood. You have to invite them in. They only drink blood. This sounds like a way better solution than dealing with the Bannersworths. It was indeed a cruel and painful thought. It was one he yet would not could not be convinced was absolutely necessary, despite the fact that the entire mechanism that kept him here had now evaporated. But now the sun was shining, it was morning, and the feelings, which found a home in his breast amid the darkness, the stillness, and the uncertainty of night were chased away by those glorious beams of sunlight that fell upon hill, valley, and stream, and the thousand sweet sounds of life and animation that filled that sunny air for once I gotta say he should have chilled out on the commas I don't know there's not enough words in this sentence I'm not sure how sunny it is out there I'm not really a hundo yeah, that yeah. was only 59 words he could have gone harder I don't think he told me enough things that were in nature <laughs> that the sun could be looking at I know it just feels like such an empty portrait yeah it's bland bland needs spice needs spice such a revulsion of feeling was natural enough many of the distresses and mental anxieties of night vanish with the night and those which oppressed the heart of Henry Bannerworth were considerably modified. He was engaged in these reflections when he heard the sound of the lodge bell, and as a visitor was now somewhat rare at this establishment, despite the fact that he'd had three in as many days, yeah. he waited with some anxiety to see whom he was indebted for so early a call. In the course of a few minutes, one of the servants came to him with a letter in her hand. It bore a large, handsome seal and from its appearance would seem to have come from some personage of consequence. A second glance at it shewed him the name of Varney in the corner, and, with some degree of vexation, he muttered to himself, Another condoling epistle from the troublesome neighbor who I have not yet seen. Go see him. Yeah, go <laughs> say hi, you fucking nerd. The fucking... <laughs> I don't understand. Also, you can leave now. Yeah. This solves all your problems. Charles is here, we can all go. <laughs> Back up. Sell the land, pay off your debts, get your sister married. We're done. We're done. We're completely done. The neighbor can deal with the vampire. We're over it. <laughs> Book's over. Everybody can go home. If you please, sir, said the servant who had brought him the letter, as I'm here and you are here, perhaps we'll have no objection to give me what I'm to have for the day and two nights as I've been here, cause I can't stay in a family as is so familiar with all sorts of ghostesses. I ain't used to such company. Hmm. I didn't realize Dick Van Dyke would be doing a guest reading. Yeah. <laughs> Went on a little accent journey there. <laughs> ghostesses is my new favorite word. Ghostesses. The hostesses of ghostesses. Mostesses. The ghostesses with the mostesses. Can, would servants be speaking to their masters this familiarly in pre-Victorian times? Edwardian times? I actually don't know what period this is. This is solidly Victorian. We're in the 1840s. Victoria has just been crowned. All right. Baby Victoria. Her husband's still alive. Things are going great. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah, would this be an unusual way to address your employer? Under normal circumstances, yes. But these are servants who have been hired on in a rush after most of the staff left because of vampires. And now they're also trying to leave because of vampires. So I guess they don't care. Yeah. All right, that's fair. And also, this is probably not being written by someone of the serving class who likely has a low opinion of those who go into service. I'm guessing from how the dialogue is written, yeah. 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 <laughs> 
Cool. Just wanted to check. Do you mean, said Henry. The question was a superfluous one. Too well he knew what the woman meant, and the conviction came across his mind strongly that no domestic would consent to live long in a house which was subject to such dreadful visitations. What does I mean, said the woman. (laughs) Oh god, it gets worse. (laughs) The dialect gets worse. No, go, go, go. Why, sir, if it's all the same to you, I don't myself come from a wampier family, and I don't choose to remain in a house where this there is sitch things encouraged. That's what I mean, sir. Jesus God, Christ. she's written like a Monty Python skit. She is. Really, really, yeah. I'm imagining her with, like, one eye, like, a hump, but the hump is made out of pillows. Like, this is an act. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what wages are owing to you, said Henry? Why, as to wages, I only come here by the day. Go then and settle with my mother. The sooner you leave this house, the better. Oh, indeed, I'm sure I don't want to stay. Well, got a little Kennedy air at the end. (laughs) Well, if you talk to the Bostonian families, the Kennedys were also of the serving class. That's true. This woman was one of those who were always armed at all points for a row, and she had no notion of concluding any engagement, of any character whatever, without some disturbance, therefore... To see Henry take what she said with such provoking calmness was aggravating in the extreme, but there was no help for such a source of vexation. Wait, so his complaint about this servant is that she is always ready to pick a fight. And they hired her. And now she's not picking a fight, so he's double angry with her? I think that she's double angry at him for being calm. Yeah, she's pissed off at not fighting her, him not fighting her. Uh, How did she get past the interview process? You can't do that as a waiter like today. (laughs) Yeah. Like, if you went to go, I mean, maybe McDonald's, but, like, if you went to go work at a diner and you were work, you were talking like this, you would not get that job. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah, and most interviews now are just like, why do you love Starbucks so more than your own mother? <laughs> yeah, and it's like, actually, well... Yeah. <laughs> because my mother never made me a green tea latte. <laughs> yeah. And thus I pledge my eternal existence to you, Starbucks. Yep. She could find no other ground of quarrel than what was connected with the vampire, and, as Henry would not quarrel with her on such a score, she was compelled to give it up in despair. In despair! Oh, I can't argue! Oh, this man is so much higher class than I! I can't fight! I can't argue! I'll just hit this bitch with a bottle! (laughs) Do you know? (laughs) That'd be such a much better story. (laughs) The servant just bottle actioned Henry? Yeah, I think Henry Vanderworth had a bottle action coming his way. I mean, he's had one coming his way for 13 chapters now. <laughs> Remake this story from the perspective of either somebody who works for the Bannerworths or Flora, and this would be a better story. Absolutely, That would be yes. very funny, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where are the Bannerworths? They're out in the backyard chasing shadows. <laughs> when Henry found himself alone and free from the annoyance of this woman, he turned his attention to the letter he held in his hand, and which, from the autograph in the corner, he knew came from his new neighbor, Sir Francis Varney, whom, by some chance or another, he had never yet seen. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) To his great surprise, he found that the letter contained the following words, as letters tend to. Yeah. Oh, he's going to explain even more to us. That's great. Dear Sir, as a neighbor, by purchase of an estate contiguous to your own, which is how you define neighbor, I am quite sure you have excused and taken in good part the cordial offer I made to you of friendship and service some short time since, but now... In addressing to you a distinct proposition, I shall... I... Ah, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I... I... I was so good at not fucking losing it at the phrase, uh, the letter containing the following words. (laughs) 
I had to take a big deep gulp of air so I wouldn't fucking lose my shit. And now, <laughs> and now I did very well. You did very well. We're all very proud. Yeah, that was whew, That was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was very proud of myself for doing an accent and parsing those sentences at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Is it easier in an accent or is it easier just straight normal? I'm kind of always with an accent. You know, I've got that lilt that I put on for uh, narration. So, like, I guess maybe the accent is a little... Well, you could try it. I said, you'd go give it a shot. Oof. For the first round, I'm just going to go straight. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, idea. I find it much easier just... I don't know why I encourage you to do that. <laughs> well, <laughs> Olivia, you haven't heard this yet and no one will hear this until January, but... Uh, Oh, Dee and I boy. just did a Karnacki reading with Terrible Book Club where Dee kept up a pitch perfect Kennedy accent for oh, a good half hour. Hell yeah. So, hell yeah. <laughs> y'all have that to look forward hell to. Hell yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> so maybe, like, yeah, maybe it is a unique thing for me where keeping up an accent is helpful. Oh, man. Okay. Let me try this. All right, I had at, uh... You didn't make it through the first sentence of the letter, but that's... Yeah, I was gonna say, that sentence was one, so you're gonna have to take it from dear sir. Oh, God, okay. <laughs> I believe in you. Okay. <laughs> dear sir, as a neighbor, by purchase of an estate contiguous to your own, I am quite sure you have excused and taken in good part the cordial offer I made to you of friendship and service some short time since. But now, in addressing to you a distinct proposition, I trust I shall meet with an indulgent consideration, whether such proposition be accordant with your views or not. Holy shit. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Very passive aggressive. <laughs> per my previous letter. <laughs> I hope this email finds you well. Oh. Best regards. <laughs> What I have heard from common reports induces me to believe that Bannerworth Hall cannot be a desirable residence for yourself or your amiable sister. If I am right in that conjecture, and you have any serious thought of leaving the place, I would earnestly recommend you, as one having some experience in such descriptions of property, to sell it at once. Amiable sister you have there, same if something happened to her. <laughs> I done heard your house was shit. What about, what if you could get rid of your bullshit ugly house? 1-800-SELL-YOUR-HOUSE-TO-ME, Varney, your neighbor. <laughs> Pay cash. I am your neighbor by, be I have become so by purchasing land adjacent to your land. And also in purchasing land adjacent to your land, I've become adept at purchasing land. Let me use my land purchase experience to purchase your land. Have you considered selling your land? <laughs> Call me now. <laughs> land for cash. Oh, your sister gets it. <laughs> now, the proposition with which I conclude this letter is, I know of a character to make you doubt the disinterested uh, okay, disinterestedness <laughs> of such advice. Did I beef it? I'm going to actually give you that because yeah, you didn't beef it. Yeah, also because disinterestedness is bullshit. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. We're going to give you a mulligan on that. <laughs> oh, thanks. Disinterestedness of such advice, but that it is disinterested nevertheless, is in fact of which I can assure it of my own heart and of which I beg to assure you. I propose Oof. then, should you upon consideration decide upon such a course of proceeding to purchase of you the hall, 
to purchase of you the hall. Wow. This is really easy and a heavy Guido accent. I just want you to know. This is incredible. Like, if you just make it as stilted as possible, it's really easy. <laughs> like, it's all right. Yeah, so we got the same power. <laughs> I do not ask for a bargain on account of any extraneous circumstances which may, at the present time, depreciate the value of the property. But I am willing to give a fair price for it. Under these circumstances, I trust, sir, that you will give a kindly consideration to my offer. And even if you reject it, I hope that, as neighbors, we may live long in peace and amity, and the interchange of those good offices which should subsist between us, awaiting your reply. Believe me to be, dear sir, your obedient servant, Francis Varney, to Henry Bannerworth, Esquire. Oh, that was really good. <laughs> also, I... Varney now canonically has a New York accent. <laughs> John Leguizamo in uh, Romeo plus Juliet vibes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I can't wait for him to come out of his castle and be like, I'm walking here. <laughs> Forget about it. But that was a landmine. Holy shit. That was, that was a letter. That was one of the worst <laughs> sentences we've had yet. There is so much interjections in them. It's just like, why Why would you have a full stop when you could have an M dash, a semicolon, or a series of five commas? Yeah. To purchase of you the hall. To purchase of you the hall. Why is to purchase the hall from you bad? Like, why was that not, why was that not the choice? I, I know. Believe me to be dear sir is also a good one. It's so short, but it's so dense. It's so layered. <laughs> it's weird. I also like the addition of believe me to be dear sir before your very obedient servant. Yeah. Hemingway was right. Everyone should just write like Hemingway. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Do you think- Drunk? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Drunk so that they can't fucking think too hard. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like- I feel like sentences like I have to purchase of you the hall come from drunk writing. <laughs> Good point. I just want to know how this man sounded if he followed the advice of, like, reading aloud anything you've written. Oh, wow. He sounded like an insane person. He sounded <laughs> yeah. like a madman. A fucking insane person. <laughs> he sounded like, I need to get 15,000 words of vampire nonsense out by the end of the week or my publisher isn't going to pay my rent. He did say that. <laughs> if he, he read any that. of this out loud, I guarantee someone would be like, holy shit, he's speaking in tongues. Maybe this is why he has such a negative, like, opinion of servants, because they keep running in and being like, no, sir, no, no, you can't publish <laughs> stop that. stop it, sir. <laughs> sir, you can't. You mustn't. Is this in your place, woman? <laughs> I will write a vicious caricature of you in my next chapter. Ooh, you like to argue, do you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Henry, after having read this most unobjectionable letter through folded it Citation up. needed. <laughs> yeah. What? This most unobjectionable letter? It was very passive aggressive, sir. Oh, God. <laughs> folded it up again and placed it in his pocket. Clasping his hands then behind his back, a favorite attitude of his, when he was in deep contemplation, he paced to and fro in the garden for some time in deep thought. I love how the author starts to show instead of tell us what the character is feeling. And then reins it back. Then stops showing to take a break <laughs> to tell us in case we didn't pick up on it. Too subtle. Too yeah. subtle. 
How strange, he muttered. It seems that every circumstance combines to induce me to leave my old ancestral home. So go. <sighs> what is holding you, Guy? It appears as if everything now that has happened had that direct tendency. What can be the meaning of all this? Tis very strange, amazingly strange. Here arise circumstances which are enough to induce any man to leave a particular place. Then a friend, in whose single-mindedness and judgment I know I can rely, advises the step, and immediately upon the back of that comes a fair and candid offer. It's almost as if I should leave this fucking house! <laughs> yeah, it's almost as if we spent half the story up until now talking about how we want to leave the house, but we can't because we need to wait for fucking Charles. This house is shit, we don't like it, it costs too much, we can't afford it, everyone is trying to make us leave it. Also, there's a vampire. Uh, and there's a vampire. God wants us to leave this house. <laughs> there was an apparent connection between all these circumstances which must puzzled Henry. He walked to and fro for nearly an hour until he heard a hasty footstep approaching him. And upon looking in the direction from whence it came, he saw Mr. Marchdale. I will seek Mr. Marchdale's advice, he said. Upon this matter, I will hear what he says concerning it. Henry said, Mr. Marchdale. <laughs> wait, wait. Why are you sorry. screaming my he's, name at me? He's just, he's just, Henry, you're narrating again. <laughs> yeah, like, he's just saying that out loud. Henry, the indoor thoughts are outdoors. <laughs> Henry said, Mr. Marchdale, when he came sufficiently near to him for conversation. Why do you remain here alone? I have received a communication from our neighbor, Sir Francis Varney, said Henry. Indeed. It is here. Peruse it for yourself, and then tell me, Marchdale, candidly what you think of it. I suppose, said Marchdale, as he opened the letter, it is another friendly note of condolence on the state of your domestic affairs, which, I grieve to say, from the prattling of domestics, whose tongue it is quite impossible to silence, have become food for gossip all over the neighboring villages and estates. <sighs> the domestics wow. are running from house to house being like, dude, there's a fucking vampire at the Bannerworths. I don't know why they won't sell it. <laughs> I love I love how that's a blight upon the domestic's character and not like what a responsible citizen should be doing to warm the neighbors. Yeah, honestly, that's true. <laughs> Don't go to the banner words. I'll take it. It's my job. They're paying me. It's fine. There's a vampire. <laughs> if anything could add another pang to those I have already been made to suffer, said Henry, it would certainly arise from being made the food of vulgar gossip. But read the letter, Marchdale. You will find its contents of a more important character than you anticipate. Indeed, said Marchdale, as he ran his eyes eagerly over the note. Wait, did he not read the note before? I thought that he... Yeah, he opened the letter. Is this the second time he's read it? No, I think he opened it, and then he was just sort of talking about the letter, uh. and then he was like, oh, wait, fuck, I gotta read it. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I forgot how letters work. Narration. When he had finished it, he glanced at Henry, who then said, Well, what is your opinion? I know not what to say, Henry. You know that my own advice to you has been to get rid of this place. It has! But the hope that the disagreeable affair connected with it now may remain connected with it as a house and not with you and yours as a family. It may be so. There appears to me every likelihood of it. <laughs> I do not know, said Henry with a shudder. I must confess, Marchdale, that to my own perceptions it seems more probable that the infliction we have experienced from the strange visitor, who seems now resolved to pester us with visits, will rather attach to a family than to a house. The vampire may follow us. But he doesn't. He's only attacked you at the house. Every time you leave the house, Pete, you don't get attacked. <laughs> but they haven't left the house. Not really. So what if they, when they do leave the house, 
the vampire follows them there. That's true. Flora, Flora has remained inside the house. Mm, see? They should just sell the house. Okay, so simple. We send Flora on a vacation to Bath. She can take the waters, get some fresh air at the spa, mm-hmm. and we experiment and see if the vampire follows her there or if it remains at the house. And then we know before we sell the house whether or not the problem will go away with the house. There you go. Yeah. Or just sell the house. Or just sell the house. <laughs> There's a guy who really wants to buy the house. If so, of course, the parting with the hall would be a great pity and no gain. None in the least. Not even the money that the guy who is trying to buy the house is trying to give to you. <laughs> yeah. Henry, a thought has struck me. Let's hear it, Marchdale. It is this. Suppose you were trying to exp- Oh. Suppose you were trying to experiment of leaving the hall without selling it. What? Uh, uh. <gasps> Ken? What? Ken. Oh my god. He heard me. <laughs> Suppose for one year you were to let it to someone else, Henry. Oh my god. Quick, Ken, make another prediction. Uh... Okay, pressure's on, I understand. Werewolves. 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 Oh, yes. Werewolves happen. Hell yes, hell yes. Okay. Yes! Oh, now you're talking my language. <laughs> it might be done. I, and it might, with very great promise and candor, be proposed to this very gentleman, Sir Francis Varney, to take it for one year to see how he liked it before becoming the possessor of it. Then, if he found himself tormented by the vampire, he need not complete the purchase. Or if you found that the apparition followed you from hence, you might yourself return, feeling that perhaps here, in the spots familiar to your youth, you might be most happy, even under such circumstances at present oppress you. Most happy, ejaculated Henry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my. I've been pretty sus that Henry and Marchdale have something going on, but... Mm. He's most happy. Perhaps I should not have used that word. Said the author to himself. Yeah, you shouldn't have said ejaculated. <laughs> I am sure you should not, said Henry, when you speak of me. Well. <laughs> All right, then. Wow. Little goth, okay. Well, well, let us hope that the time may not be very far distant when I may use the term happy as applied to you in the most conclusive and the strongest manner it can be used. Oh, said Henry, I will hope, but do not mock me with it now, Marchdale, I pray you. Heaven forbid that I should mock you. Well, <laughs> don't worry. The, the readers are doing that for him. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, we're, we got this. We got this covered. <laughs> well, I do not believe you are the man to do so to anyone, but about this affair of the house. Distinctly, then, if I were you, I would call upon Sir Francis Varney and make him an offer to become a tenant of the hall for twelve months, during which time you could go where you please and test the fact of absence ridding you or not ridding you of the dreadful visitant who makes the night here truly hideous. Wow. (laughs) I will speak to my mother, to George, and to my sister of the matter. They shall decide. Just sell the fucking house. Just sell the house. Sell the fucking house, Henry. (laughs) Mr. Marchdale now strove in every possible manner to raise the spirits of Henry Bannerworth by painting to him the future in far more radiant colors than the present, and endeavoring to induce a belief in his mind that a short period of time might, after all, replace in his mind, and in the minds of those who were naturally so dear to him, all their wanted serenity. That's so sweet. He took him on a cute little romantic walk. Aw. <laughs> and it only took him 68 words to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Henry, although he felt not much comfort from these kindly efforts, yet could feel gratitude to him who made them, And after expressing such a feeling to Marchdale in strong terms, he repaired to the house in order to hold a solemn consultation with those whom he felt ought to be consulted, as well as himself, as to what steps should be taken with regards to the God. Wow. (laughs) 
Bruh, how many predicates does the sentence need? Do you think 12? You think 12 predicates? That was no lie, 268 word sentences back to back. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my god. <sighs> oh, shall, shall I take up the banner? Please do. <laughs> that banner is worth it. Ha. <laughs> Dad jokes are us. Okay, go ahead, Ken. The proposition, or rather the suggestion, which had been made by Marchdale upon the proposition of Sir Francis Varney, was in every respect so reasonable and just that it met, as was to be expected, with the concurrence of every member of the family. <sighs> and they don't stop coming, 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 <laughs> <laughs> they don't stop coming, and they don't stop coming. 44 words to say everyone else also thought it was a good idea. We agree. Flora's cheeks almost resumed some of their wonted color at the mere thought now of leaving that home to which she had been at one time so much attached. Yes, dear Henry, she said, let us leave here if you are agreeable so to do. And in leaving this house, we will believe that we leave behind us a world of terror. Only believe. Flora, remarked Henry in a tone of slight reproach, if you were so anxious to leave Bannerworth Hall, why did you not say so before this proposition came from other mouths? You know your feelings upon such a subject would have been laws to me. I knew you were attached to the old house, said Flora, and besides, events have come upon us all with such fearful rapidity that there has scarcely been time to think. Fucking God rose one of their ancestors from the dead to chase them out of this house. <laughs> and Henry yeah, is like, ow. and Henry is like, well, Flora, all you had to do was tell me that you didn't want to live here. Come on. True, true. And you will leave, Henry? I will call upon Sir Francis Varney myself and speak to him upon the subject. A new impetus to existence appeared now to come over the whole family, at the idea of leaving a place which always would be now associated in their minds with so much terror. Each member of the family felt happier and breathed more freely than before, so that the change which had come over them seemed almost magical. And Charles Holland, too, was much better pleased, and he whispered to Flora, Dear Flora, you will now surely no longer talk of driving from you the honest heart that loves you. Hush, Charles, hush, she said. Meet me an hour hence in the garden, and we will talk of this. That hour will seem an age, he said. Is this the first time they've talked? <laughs> yeah. Okay, just checking. Apart from her, like, spending an entire chapter telling him to go the fuck away. <laughs> true, 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 true. Yeah, yes, true. I was gonna say, she, she did scream at him to leave forever. <laughs> yes, she did do that. That's very true. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that they had such a lasting connection. <laughs> <laughs> Henry, now having made a determination to see Sir Francis Varney, lost no time in putting it into execution. At Mr. Marchdale's own request, he took it with him, as it was desirable to have a third person present in the sort of business negotiation which was going on. The estate which had been so recently entered upon by the person calling himself Sir Francis Varney, and which common report said he had purchased, was a small but complete property, and situated so close to the grounds connected with Bannerworth Hall that a short walk soon placed Henry and Mr. Marchdale before the residence of this gentleman, who had shown so kindly a feeling towards the Bannerworth family. A quick history question. Does complete mean that it's, like, it can produce its own food? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I was curious what that meant. I think it means self-sustaining to an extent. Like, not maybe not farming food necessarily, but it could be, like, farming timber like uh, Mr. Darcy does in Pride and Prejudice. Okay. So there are some things that they don't need to pay for, possibly. Yeah, there's there's something on the estate other than the property itself that is producing money for them. Okay. Like an apple orchard. Yeah, okay. I think. <laughs> Again, completely ignorant here. 
Have you seen Sir Francis Varney? asked Henry of Mr. Marchdale as he rung the gate bell. I have not. Have you? No, I never saw him. It is rather awkward our both being absolute strangers to his person. Yeah, you're fucking rude as hell. Jesus. We can but send in our names, however, and from the great vein of courtesy that runs through his letter, I have no doubt but we shall receive the most gentlemanly reception from him. Wow. A servant in handsome livery appeared at the iron gates, which opened upon a lawn in the front of Sir Francis Varney's house, and to this domestic Henry Bannerworth handed his card, on which he had written in pencil likewise the name of Mr. Marchdale. <laughs> and co. Yeah. On the one hand, that is proper protocol. On the other hand, I wonder that Mr. Marchdale is not a gentleman with his own cards. That is a good point. If your master, he said, is within, we shall be glad to see him. Sir Francis is at home, sir, was the reply, although not very well. If you will be pleased to walk in, I will announce you to him. Oh, that servant is way out of line. Oh, he didn't oh, ask no. first. Is that what the problem is? You say either he is at home or not at home. That is all you say. The strangers at the door do not need to know about your employer's medical history. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, this is this does feel like the equivalent of being like, he's on the toilet. <laughs> He's on the toilet. Come on in. Hold on, hold on. Let me check. Varney, Varney. <laughs> you want you on the toilet? <laughs> Henry and Marchdale followed the man into a handsome enough reception room, where they were desired to wait while their names were announced. Do you know if this gentleman be a baronet? Said Henry, or a knight merely? Ooh, just a knight. Ooh, a mere knight who will not pass on his title to his children. Mm, exactly how landed is this gentry? Disgusting. <laughs> I really do not. I never saw him in my life or heard of him before he came into this neighborhood. We could check the peerage, a book that lists everyone with a title in the country, but we won't. And I have been too much occupied with the painful occurrences of this hall to know anything of our neighbors. I dare say Mr. Chillingworth, if we had thought to ask him, would have known something concerning him. No doubt. Wait, do they know this guy or not? No diggity, no doubt. Nobody knows Sir Francis Varney. He is a mystery. Mm. This brief colloquy was put to an end by the servant, who said, My master, gentlemen, is not very well, but he begs me to present his best compliments and to say he is much gratified with your visit and will be happy to see you in his study. Again, servant should not be telling anyone that the master is sick. Yeah. I really like begs me to present his best compliments where the servant would just go up and be like, Henry Bannerworth, you've got an ass like a dump truck. <laughs> <laughs> that is his best compliment, I am afraid to say. <laughs> Henry and Marchdale followed the man up a flight of stone stairs, and then they were conducted through a large apartment into a smaller one. There was very little light in this small room, but at the moment of their entrance, a tall man who was seated rose, and, touching the spring of a blind that was to the window, it was up in a moment, admitting a broad glare of light. A cry of surprise mingled with terror came from Henry Bannerworth's lip. The original of the portrait on the panel stood before him. There was the lofty stature, the long, sallow face, the slightly projecting teeth. The dark, lustrous, although somewhat somber eyes, the expression of the features, all were alike. What I'm hearing here is that he <gasps> looks like an upper-class British man. <laughs> yeah. He looks like Timothy Dalton. He looks like Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> yeah, he looks very inbred. <laughs> He's got a poshy face. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, what counts as slightly protruding teeth in the British Isles? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, basically at that point, it's a can opener, right? <laughs> yeah. Or are they trying to say that he has fangs? Because, you know, they're being so subtle about the fact that, you know, this guy, you know. Just because his name is on the front of the book with the suffix (laughs) the vampire does not mean that this Varney is necessarily the vampire. Even though he looks exactly like the portrait that everyone says looks exactly like the vampire. I really like the idea that instead of, like, horrible teeth, he actually just has little moe fangs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh my god. (laughs) He's so kawaii. He's so kawaii. Are you unwell, sir? Said Sir Francis Varney in soft, mellow accents. As he handed a chair to the bewildered Henry. And you won well, sir. <laughs> I'm just imagining ASMR Varney. <laughs> are you? <laughs> are you on well? God of heaven, said Henry. How like? You seem surprised, sir. Have you ever seen me before? Sir Francis drew himself up to his full height and cast a strange glance upon Henry, whose eyes were riveted upon his face as if with a species of fascination which he could not resist. Ooh, this is getting spicy. Marchdale, Henry gasped. Marchdale, my friend, Marchdale. I, I am surely mad. I was very polite in the man's house to be like this. (laughs) Just start having a full-on meltdown as soon as you walk into his study. Hush, be calm, whispered Marchdale. Calm, calm, can you not see? Marchdale, is this a dream? Look. Look, oh, look. If I were Varney at this point, I would be like, this man is horny for me. (laughs) This man is uncontrollably horny for me. Holy shit. For God's sake, Henry, compose yourself. Is your friend often thus, said Sir Francis Varney, with the same (laughs) mellifluous tone which seemed habitual to him. I'm just imagining Henry is like slowly collapsing to the floor. Absolutely. He is (laughs) sinking down out of the chair onto the carpet. No, sir, he is not, but recent circumstances have shattered his nerves. And to tell the truth, you bear so strong a resemblance to an old portrait in his house that I do not wonder so much as I otherwise should at his agitation. Indeed. A resemblance, said Henry, a resemblance. God of heaven, it is the face itself. You much surprise me, said Sir Francis. You should take me out for dinner first before saying stuff like this. (laughs) This does sound like a hell of a line, though. Oh man, baby, you look just like an oil painting. Gonna go to the fucking gay bar. <laughs> go to the fucking gay bar on the like the RuPaul's Drag Race night. Everyone's watching. I'm just gonna pick a random guy and be like, "Hey, I have a picture of my house. That looks just like you. Come on over." Oof. I will say, if someone came up to me with "God of Heaven, it is the face itself," I would be pretty into it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I feel like it would have a similar vibe as, like, when an illustration student thinks they're being surreptitious in drawing your portrait in the cafe yep. and then comes up to you after the most awkward hour of your life and gives you a horrible post-it note doodle. Yep. I also don't <laughs> have the social skills to have been able to parse that out if someone was to come up to me and be like, good God, the very face, and be like, oh, I don't know if this is good or bad. I'm just going to leave. Yeah. This is awkward. <laughs> My friends are calling me up like, where did you go? I was like, this person just came up and started screaming at me. I don't know, man. (laughs) He said there was something wrong with my face. It's making me really, like, self-conscious, actually. (laughs) Poor Varney. Henry sunk into the chair which was near him, and he trembled violently. The rush of painful thoughts and conjectures that came through his mind was enough to make anyone tremble. Is this the vampire? was the horrible question that seemed impressed upon his very brain in letters of flame. 
Is this the vampire? Oh, God, he's got meningitis. <laughs> oh, God, right? <laughs> draw a clock, draw, draw a clock. clock, Henry. <laughs> do you think that he was able to think this inside, or do you think he said it out loud? He's saying it out loud. He's saying it out loud. Okay, guys. <laughs> At least we're all in agreement. Yeah, I don't think Henry has an interior monologue. I don't think so, either. <laughs> I do think he has to walk back and forth in order to think. <laughs> he's like a shark. Are you better, sir, said Sir Francis Varney in his bland, musical voice. Shall I order any refreshment for you? No, no, gasped Henry. For the love of truth, tell me. Is, is your name really Varney? This is amazing. Yeah. Sir? Have you no other name to which, perhaps, a better title you could urge? Wow. Just fucking ragging on the name. I forgot. What is the name of the ancestor that's supposed to be the vampire? I don't remember. Okay. It's definitely the surname Bannerworth. I forget what the first name is. It's not Varney, right? It's not Varney. Okay. Mr. Bannerworth, I can assure you I am too proud of the name of my family to which I belong to exchange it for any other, be it what it may. How wonderfully like! I grieve to see you so much distressed, Mr. Bannerworth. I presume ill health has thus shattered your nerves. No, ill health has not done the work. I know not what to say, Sir Francis Varney, to you, but recent events in my family have made the sight of you full of horrible conjecture. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, just to cut in, it was a Marmaduke Bannerworth. Oh, How right. the fuck yes. did we forget Marmaduke Bannerworth? <laughs> Marmaduke Bannerworth. Marmaduke the big dog Bannerworth. Oh my god. What mean you, sir? You know from common report that we have had a fearful visitor at our house. A vampire, I have heard, said Sir Francis Varney, with a bland and almost beautiful smile, which displayed his white, glistening teeth to perfection. Uh, I thought they were sticking out of his mouth. Yeah. Beautifully. Beautifully. <laughs> and is it bad form to admit to your neighbors that you have been listening to the gossip? about them yes okay extremely i imagine right <laughs> it's it's not great it's not a great look <laughs> especially on the first time you're meeting them yeah in his defense it, like henry did just say like man looking at your face makes me pretty unhappy <laughs> what the fuck you look <laughs> awful like, seems like we're just trading insults at this point so i can't really blame varney for being like yeah and i heard your house fucking sucks and full of vampires and what <laughs> <laughs> yes a vampire and and i pray you go on sir you surely are far above the vulgar superstition of believing in such matters get dumped on henry my judgment is assailed in too many ways and shapes for it to hold out probably as it ought to do against so hideous a belief but never was it so much bewildered as now why so because Nay, Henry, whispered Mr. Marchdale, it is scarcely civil to tell Sir Francis to his face that he resembles a vampire. He's already been doing that! <laughs> Marchdale, you're late. You're so late, my guy. <laughs> I must, I must. I gotta make fun of this guy. I gotta bully him. Look at him. His teeth are sticking out. Look at his idiot face. He looks so dumb. I have to tell him how dumb he looks. Pray, sir, interrupted Varney to Marchdale, permit Mr. Bannerworth to speak here freely. There is nothing in the whole world I so much admire as candor. Then you so much resemble the vampire, added Henry, that, that I know not what to think. Is it possible, said Varney? It is a damning fact. Well, it's unfortunate for me, I presume. Ah. 
Barney gave a twinge of pain as if some sudden bodily ailment had attacked him severely. You are unwell, sir, said Marchdale. Yes, my servant said that about three times, (laughs) in fact. No, 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 he said. I hurt my arm and happened accidentally to touch the arm of this chair with it. A hurt, said Henry. Okay. Yes, Mr. Bannerworth. Uh, a wound? Yes, a wound, but not much more than skin deep. In fact, little beyond an abrasion of the skin. I'm not sick, I just have glass bones and paper skin. (laughs) (laughs) May I inquire how you came by it? Oh, yes, a slight fall. Indeed. Remarkable, is it not? Very remarkable. We never know a moment when, from the same most trifling cause, we may receive really some serious bodily harm. How true it is, Mr. Bannerworth, that in the midst of life we are in death. Wow. And equally true, perhaps, said Henry, that in the midst of death there may be found a horrible life. Wow. Okay, all right, you guys, can we stop? (laughs) Well, I should not wonder. There are really so many strange things in this world that I have left off wondering at anything now. Wow, this new, uh, this new My Chemical Romance album is pretty, like, weird. Oh, man. There are strange things, said Henry. You wish to purchase of me the hall, sir. You wish to purchase of me the hall, sir. Amazing. If you wish to sell, you you are perhaps attached to the place. Perhaps you recollected it, sir, long ago. Henry is like, uh, do you perhaps remember it from your childhood 200 years ago? Come on. <laughs> Not very long, smiled Sir Francis Varney. It seems a nice, comfortable old house, and the grounds, too, appear to be amazingly well-wooded, which, to one of a rather romantic temperament like myself, is always an additional charm to the place. Ah, he's a Toreador. (laughs) Nice. I was extremely pleased with it the first time I beheld it, and a desire to call myself the owner of it took possession of my mind. The scenery is remarkable for its beauty, and, from what I have seen of it, it is rarely to be excelled. No doubt you are greatly attached to it. Greatly. It has been my home from infancy, returned Henry, and being also the residence of my ancestors for centuries, it is natural that I should be so. True, true. The house, no doubt, has suffered much, said Henry, within the last hundred years. Which you would remember since you were there. No doubt it has. A hundred years is a tolerable long space of time, you know. It is indeed. Oh, how any human life which is spun out to such an extent must lose its charms by losing all its fondest and dearest associations. Yeah, I bet if you were alive for a really long time, you'd be a real asshole, huh, Varney? (laughs) Ah, how true, said Sir Francis Varney. He had some minutes previously touched a bell, and at this moment a servant brought in on a tray some wine and refreshments. Oh, wait, shit, no, they've never seen Lost Boys. They don't know that Varney's gonna make it look like maggots. Oh, it's gonna be worms. (laughs) Spaghetti to worms. Wait, is that really where the chapter ends? Yep. Yes. Holy shit. <laughs> They're just trading insults for about six paragraphs and then, and then the story ends. ASMR insults with Sir Francis Varney being like, mm, yes, I see. Naturally, I do love the house, but you look like a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the house needs someone who can handle it. Oh. Oh, that's much too much house for you, Henry. (laughs) I've heard that your family is suffering from a vampire and perhaps debts. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine if someone was trying to cover up selling their house to stave off bankruptcy and their cover story was it was haunted by a vampire? (laughs) 
I would buy it in a second. That's the problem. <laughs> or maybe that would be the solution. It would. And then I'd just constantly be like lounging, like mostly naked in velvets with wine, just like, oh, I hope no vampire comes in through the front window. Yeah. Just me sleeping beneath an open window with like my shirt collar pulled all the way off my shoulder. Yep, just like Flora in chapter one. <laughs> oh, I hope no vampire finds me in this extremely roomy boat neck blouse. <laughs> My whole neck is out. What a shame. I'd forgotten that the lock on my window is broken. <laughs> oh, no. I spilled all his blood here in the window. Oh, man. Well, thank you for joining us, Olivia, for this delightful chapter. I'm so good. <laughs> I, I don't know. I didn't like this chapter uh, as a haul in days. I thought he wasn't in it for long enough. <laughs> you wanted more Charles content? <laughs> I I wanted some more Charles content, although I will say 10 out of 10, very funny that it just turned into taking pot shots at each other verbally. <laughs> yeah, I'm also a little disappointed that there wasn't any Chillingworth in here. Uh, is he gone? Is there no more Chillingworth in this entire book? Oh my god, if Chillingworth's gone, I don't know if I can take it. Uh, he's gotta come back. They brought him up, so he's gonna come back. What if he doesn't believe in vampires so hard that he can't? physically be in the rest of the series <laughs> he's banished himself <laughs> i really want to see sir francis varney and chillingworth face off directly <laughs> oh man uh you brought up vampire the masquerade it's going to be one of those things where uh his object of faith is like like a richard dawkins book or something oh my god you don't exist and varney just fucking melts oh my god <laughs> it works too well <laughs> <laughs> I think definitely Chillingworth is going to come back. And and you know what? For that, you're going to come back. Yes! Yeah! Maybe. Yes! Maybe. I'm, I'm busting in. You can't keep me out. <laughs> well, until the next time we get to hear from you, where can people find some of your much better writing? <laughs> <laughs> I have actually been posting a ton of short stories this uh, year. So you can Ooh. actually check out my website, ofcary.com. That is O-F-C-I-E-R-I dot com. And thanks again for having me, guys. This was a lot of fun. Hell yeah. And also check out Lord of Thundertown, a thrilling fae novel. Yeah, I gotta say, O-F-C-I-R-I's writing, it's intense, it's dark, it's cool, it's amazing. If you're into horror at all, Lord of Thundertown is amazing. It's so good. Aw, thanks, guys. Unfortunately, I don't use as many propositions as the author of Barney the Vampire, so it's... That's the thing. All right, yeah. It will be... The thing is, uh, don't read the book if you don't... If you like every sentence being passive voice to the point where you don't know what the subject is. <laughs> if you think your sentences need at least five clauses, perhaps Lord of Thundertown isn't for you. But if you would prefer something a little more elegant and streamlined oh well i mean i guess compared to varney the vampire yes that is definitely like objectively true <laughs> yes <laughs> oh man well thank you all for listening and for supporting the podcast through patreon and we will see you next week for chapter 14 henry's agreement with sir francis varney the sudden arrival at the hall flora's alarm i can't wait Ooh. au revoir goodbye bye